Welcome to A Wild New Work, a podcast about how to take wise, soul-centered action in your work life, all based on the wisdom of nature. I'm Megan Leatherman, a mother to two small kids, coach, writer, and amateur ecologist living in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm your host today. Hey friend, welcome back. I'm so glad that you're here, whether you're a repeat listener or you're new to this uh, podcast. I just want to say welcome and I'm really honored that we're sharing space together in this way today across the ether. I am here in the Pacific Northwest and it is fully spring. The sun moved into the sign of Gemini on May 20th and this is it. Like the the rebirth of spring is fully here. Life is really rolling. The new baby animals are growing. The flowers are fully in bloom. There's even a few fruits coming in. We just picked our first strawberry in the garden. So the flowers and the butterflies, these first fruits, the sun, all of this can really boost our moods. And it makes me think a lot about joy, what joy is, what it's not, what is important about it and how it relates to work and purpose. So, you know, I hope that you've been feeling a little extra vitality, a little boost with the increased light. Obviously, it's absolutely understandable if you're not. We're still in this world, which is very troubled. We still have daily stressors, collective stressors, all of which are still heightened for many of us. So today I want to help bring you down to the ground, to the flower bed, to the tiny ladybug crawling on the grass, to the experience of being alive and help you make a little bit more space for your own joy and vitality to flow through, even on the really hard days, even when you've got a ton to do or things are feeling like too much. I also just at the outset want to remind you that your joy is not a luxury. (laughs) It's not something that you can only have when the to-do list is finished or when you get that promotion or that you can have when you're retired. Your joy is a necessary part of your everyday existence. It is deeply connected to your purpose and to your right to be human, fully formed, fully alive, even in a painful, troubled world. I'll take a minute at the start to sort of define what I mean by joy because I know it's sort of an overused word it can feel kind of cliche and I just want to let you know what I see it as what it means to me when I talk about joy I'm talking about a sort of deep undercurrent of connection and wholeness it's this sort of river flowing underneath the day-to-day actions of our lives that brings us a sense of connectedness, that we're part of something larger, that truly everything is right and just as it should be because it is what it is. Not that it should be like that forever, but that we can tap into this deep undercurrent of wellness, of wholeness, of interconnection, of being held by something that is so much more vast than we can even understand. When I feel it in my body, it sort of lives in my solar plexus, my upper abdomen, and it's kind of like this warm and steady light. 
and sometimes there is room for that light to grow and sort of fill my entire body when I'm really tuned in or feeling that those waves of joy which we all have access to and the joy can be sort of effusive and it it very easily kind of flows into my day and my work and the people that I'm talking with sometimes it is really big and other times it's limited to this small area it feels like just this little pilot light but it never goes away it can never be diminished joy comes with us into life it never leaves us we're born with it it's our small unique piece of the vitality that animates all of life including us it is our animation but we can get into modes of being or living especially inside of capitalist culture that severely limit this sense of joy and its ability to come up and out into our lives into our work so when we're in that place where we can't really access it, it's really easy to try and reverse engineer it and look for the joy outside of us through hits of relief or safety or happiness or pleasure, forgetting that our bodies and our spirits are wired for simple but profound joy. The capacity for your joy is already here. It is intrinsic to you, to your body, to your being. Your senses are fully wired for joy, the simple joys of being in this body, of eating good food and drinking good water, of enjoying pleasant sounds, good conversation, hugs and nourishing touch from others, wonderful textures or the way that laying in a soft meadow feels. Your spirit is also wired for joy, for it's, it's hungry and looking for the honesty that relieves and heals us for the words or images that help us to recognize our true divine selves. It's hungry for the knowledge and the experiences that help us expand into greater joy and connection. So I want to invite you to call to mind a time when you felt joy in this way. And whatever comes to mind first is perfect. They're often simple experiences. Again, it's like a really warm, juicy strawberry from the garden or being in the presence of someone that you really love or having a deep connection to an animal or a plant. And there may also be pain tied up in these memories or these images and that's okay. That's often right on the other side. But see if you can feel into the joy of that experience, the last time you felt joy. This is a sacred feeling. It is your humanity. It's your lifeblood. It's not this frivolous thing that you can only have on the weekends or you know, when you have time to meditate. It's something that wants to and can absolutely flow into your life in all areas maybe not at all times I don't think it needs to be like big and of course we're not meant to always feel joyful that's impossible we can never always feel one way but I think for most of us it does need a little bit more space it does want to come into our lives and our work more than it is again for most of us right now there are many things that can cloud or dampen our joy in modern life today. One of the big ones is just the weight of the constant doing, the constant 
you know, I need to get to the grocery store and then I have to make this call and here's this one form I didn't fill out correctly and my kids need milk or water or my spouse needs to talk about this big decision or I have, you know, six clients today or all of this work. I mean, we all experience this. I think there's not a ton of space in modern life today. We have to be really intentional about creating it and joy needs space. Our nervous systems need space. Some more than others. I mean, if you've listened for a long time, you know I identify as a highly sensitive person. So my nervous system is wired to process stimuli much more deeply. I get overwhelmed more easily than others. But I think even if you're not a highly sensitive person, all nervous systems are pretty overwhelmed right now by just the weight of life and what's happening collectively. So most of us need more space to feel into the joy that is already here. Another thing that can really cloud or dampen our joy is a belief that joy isn't important. This comes up all the time, especially with work and career decisions. How many of us have made career decisions from a place of prioritizing our joy. Not very many. It's really easy to prioritize the income or the paycheck or what this will do for future opportunities or what our parents will think or how it will make us feel in terms of like prestige or status. And sometimes those things absolutely line up with our deep joy, but sometimes they don't. And this belief that our joy has no place in work, that it's not necessary in work, is really harmful and is just simply not true. In addition, of course, I could name other things that cloud or dampen our joy in life today. The the isolation, the lack of deep identity and connection with land and community, trauma, personal, historical, collective, a constant sense of being in crisis, whether that's just tuning into collective crisis or truly being in poverty and the constant questioning of whether you can pay your medical bills or see a doctor or will have stable housing. So there is much in this world that can steal our joy or dampen it or cut off our sense of access to it. But even in the midst of all of this, Your joy is still there animating you. It is still accessible. And with your attention, with some space, with perhaps some outside support and healing, it can absolutely emerge and guide you. Starting in June, I'm teaching a course called Living Into Purpose. And so I've been thinking a lot about how we uncover what it is that our souls came here to learn and experience. And one of the most common ways we learn what that is, is by examining our pain, our core wounds, the medicine that we need that we can end up giving to the whole world when we do the healing work that's necessary for us. And there's really rich information there, which I will definitely be covering in the course that, of course, there's like deep medicine in our pain, but there is also a lot of information inside of our joy. What brings you joy is often related to what your purpose is, the gifts that you are meant to bring forth in this lifetime. Your joy is both universal, of course all humans experience this, all humans feel joy, animals, all animals can feel joy, maybe plants do too, I don't know. 
It's universal, but it's also unique to you. So yes, you may love helping people like many others do, but the specific ways that you do so are special. Maybe it's really joyful and feels really lovely to you to do that with tiny acts of care or remembering important details about people's lives. Or maybe it's about inspiring them with your story and getting on a big stage and speaking or dancing or writing. It may seem like what brings you deep joy has nothing to do with others. Maybe helping people, it doesn't really bring you joy and that's okay. Maybe it's gardening by yourself or traveling, but choosing to follow our joy in ways that are truly joyful. And I would argue that true joy is linked to limiting harm and taking care of other beings on this planet. So traveling, Um, on jet planes all of the time and staying in resorts that, you know, underpay local workers or undermine um, the local ecosystem, that is not going to feel as deeply joyful as maybe traveling in a sustainable way or staying in an eco village that really honors and limits human impact and harm on the environment. That's going to feel a lot different because Even if you're not conscious of it, your body knows that you are in right relationship with others around you. And that is a major portal into joy. And doing that is in and of itself an act of service, living out your joy in ways that are truly joyful, which can't be separated from care for others and care for the planet because you're an interconnected being who cannot deny that. So your joy is really important. It is absolutely connected to your soul's purpose. If you imagine yourself as like a flowering plant, your joy is the sunlight that's sort of drawing you out. It's feeding you and warming you so that you can unfurl and bloom and really give your beauty over to the world without worrying what happens with it and and doing so with sort of abandon that here, here are all of my flowers. Here are the petals. Here's what I am. Here's this design inside of me, this sweet nectar of my soul that wants to be shared with the world. And letting go of the fear about what that means to anyone else, but really trusting the joy that is your sunlight and growing towards it. You know, pollinators like the bees, butterflies, birds, all of the pollinators They're not really wasting time on things that just don't feed them or make sense right now. Plants and flowers do this too, right? They're growing toward what can feed them. Pollinators stay close to and drink in the nectar that they love. They follow the beautiful colors and the patterns of the plants. They're not like gnawing on last year's dahlia roots trying to resurrect what once was or like banging their head against the stem wondering why there's not a flower there anymore. They're enjoying what is here, what this unique spring has to offer. Not last spring, what will come next spring, but what is here now. They are trusting their instincts and following beauty and sweetness even in the midst of challenges like pesticides, pollution, predators. So following beauty and sweetness is key to their survival. It's not going to help them survive to be in denial about what's here or not here or to stay in the cocoon or to follow the 
the signs that they get that aren't leading them to what is truly feeding them. They don't waste time on that because they can't. It's, it's absolutely connected to their survival. And we also need to stay close to what makes sense to us right now. The nectar that is our medicine that is helping us to grow. So what are the people, activities, spaces, the dreams and ideas that make sense to you in your body right now? What are the things in your life that feel like joy? How does that live in your body? Maybe it's not in your solar plexus. Where is it in in your being? And can you run to those things? Can you hold them close? Can you try to let go of anything that just simply isn't a match right now? Something that's not able to feed you? Maybe not forever, and maybe you can't fully let go. Maybe it's work that's feeling really draining that you're not ready to leave yet. But prioritizing your joy and your sense of safety and interconnectedness can be a profound act of healing, which unlocks your purpose and also helps all of us. It will likely be uncomfortable, but comfort is not always the same as joy. Sometimes making more space for our joy requires doing things that are new or unfamiliar or risky. Sometimes it requires disappointing others or outright angering others. But you know when you're making space for joy and when you're just staying in what's comfortable. So I want to encourage you to really create a little bit of extra space in your life, in your awareness, for your own vitality and joy to flow through this spring and to stay close to those things and hold on to them dearly, even if they don't make sense to anyone else, even if they have nothing to do with your work or your to-do list or becoming more productive, really trusting that Again, your joy is not a luxury. It is your lifeblood. It is your animating force. And you deserve to be in it. Not all the time, but to really have a strong connection to it and to tap into it at least daily. I mean, there's no like one right timeline, but at least daily. So I want to share a few like very simple ways to do this, uh, very practical ways to create a little bit of space for joy and to kind of tend to the nervous system so that you have a little breathing room so that some relief and vitality can come up. And these are some things that I, I talk about often, but they really came through in this workshop that I was teaching at Lewis and Clark Uh, which is a local college and I was talking to some young people who were getting ready to do these internships over the summer and they were really just such like sweet and thoughtful people but many of their questions highlighted just how burnt out and burdened they are feeling how maybe disconnected they were feeling to their own sense of joy and vitality and purpose and so I want to share three of the things that I shared with them about how to meet what's here right now, how to be in the midst of the demands and the deadlines and the needs of others and of our lives, but to meet that in a way that doesn't squelch our joy and our sense of livelihood. Um, And so these are like three very quick and simple things that I will walk you through. 
So the first is to imagine your relationship to the thing that's feeling heavy or burdensome. So one of these students mentioned like overwhelm about the deadlines and all of the demands that were required to be met for their coursework. Um, and so you can do this with anything, whether it's your work or um, a project that you're working on or a relationship that's feeling heavy or hard or a decision that you're trying to make. Imagine that thing as like a tangible thing that you can work with, whether it's like a weather pattern or an animal or a building or just an energy, whatever comes to your imagination first is great. So let's say that you go with a weather pattern and you're, you've been feeling really overwhelmed by this decision to make a change in your working life, let's say. And this decision has an energy behind it and maybe to you it's feeling like um, a really hot, humid day, like the humidity is so intense, it's so thick and you just feel really drained and slow and you can't quite think straight. It feels like you're sort of living in like this mud of, of air and wetness. <laughs> so you want to get clear about what that is. So let's say you're there and then we want to tune in like what is it like to be here in this humid swampy environment. How does that feel in my body? And let let emerge some feeling words about what that's like. And then you get to decide what you want to do with that. And all of this is happening in your imagination on a sort of energetic level. Because this is where you have the most autonomy and empowerment is to shift the way that you relate to things. So we don't we may not be able to change the fact that we're in a swamp and it's human, but we can change how we relate to it and our approach to it. So here it is, here we are. And so maybe you want to, in your imagination, imagine that there is a lemonade stand right near you and there's this ice cold lemonade and you can imagine just drinking it in, letting it soothe and cool your body. Imagine that actually flowing through your body, feel the coolness. You can imagine pulling in a fan or going indoors somewhere. You can imagine putting on your hiking backpack and determining that you are ready to hike out of this swampy area up into the mountain where the air is cool and fresh. So the point here is to empower yourself on a different level and to come up with some tools that can soothe the nervous system and change your relationship to it. So if you notice that you're just like laying in the midst of this humidity, can you imagine picking yourself up, getting your backpack and walking out of it or making like the crocodiles do and just laying and really lowering the amount of energetic output that you have today and doing less. So using your imagination here as a tool to help you shift your energy with this thing. Number two is part of that and can be really helpful, which inside of this thing that you are in, whatever it is, and you can use this all throughout your day, to really name how you feel and give yourself permission to feel that way, to put your hand on your heart and to say to yourself what is true for you in this moment. And oftentimes it's just like very simple language, right? We want to access the things that are happening underneath the surface. You know you'll get there when the language is simple and it does something for you in your body. There's this immediate sense of like relief. So it might be, um, I hate doing this or I want to get out of here or um, I'm really uncomfortable right now or I can't keep doing this alone. 
whatever it is to just give yourself some honesty and some relief in that moment and to nurture yourself through your self-talk whether it's you know I know this is so overwhelming. This isn't going to be this way forever. Not denying what's here, but kind of coaching or supporting yourself through it. But starting with that honest statement, like it's like opening a window, like let that honesty flow through, let the breeze come in. The third thing that is just like a very simple way to create some more space for yourself is to use thresholds to clear what has happened in the past and intend for the new. So this can be tiny, like when you start and end your work day, using that as a threshold, imagining like washing off or clearing away what's happened today and setting an intention for what's coming next, how you want to show up with what's to come, where you're stepping into next. This could be as involved as a walking ritual, which is what I shared with the students at Lewis and Clark. And I share with lots of my clients if you are ending something or starting something new whether it's a new job new project new relationship new move whatever it is it's really lovely to create some ritual around that and one very simple way is to use a hike and so deciding on a hike that feels good to you it can be an in and out hike or a circular hike but there just needs to be like a focal point that's like halfway where something shifts where you stop and do a thing and then continue so on your hike let's say it's an in and out hike on your way up the mountain or into the trail you are gonna sort of simmer inside what you have been in until now so whether it was a job that you've been in or your career up into this point or um, the city that you just moved away from whatever it is the relationship you just got out of and you're sort of reflecting as you walk metabolizing what happened there what did you learn what were the main takeaways how are you different as a result of this experience what are you grieving what didn't go the way that you hoped that you're disappointed about or that you're angry about So simmering inside of that experience and then coming to your focal point, let's say it's the end of the trail and you want to make some sort of offering to honor what it is that you've been through and to thank whatever it is that helped you and held you through that experience. So this should be made out of like biodegradable natural materials. So you could make a little heart shape out of pine cones you could make a mandala with natural materials you could just speak your gratitude into the air or the water um, whatever it is but making some sort of offering to say thank you for that experience and if you want to you can also ask for help and support in your new endeavor and what you're stepping into and then you want to walk back so if you're walking back down the hill or the mountain or walking around the rest of the loop of this hike you're going to intend and simmer in whatever it is that you're stepping into now so setting intentions for how you want to show up in this new job or new project or new relationship how you want to recommit to who you are and to your values and show up in a good way for what is to come 
So working with thresholds, whether it's like a seasonal thing that you do or, you know, with each new moon or with each new opportunity, you can do this anytime. You don't have to wait until there's something new. Um, but this is a really empowering way to show yourself and your body and your nervous system that you are here, conscious, awake, working with the cycles of your life, intending for and recommitting to your joy and your values and what is making sense to you right now. I'm finding that a lot of us need to really get back into the body, into this moment, creating more space in our nervous system so that they are not always so overwhelmed. And the last two years has taught all of us a lot about that. And I've been meaning to compile a list of some very simple grounding methods for a while. And I have finally done it now, you know, two years later. Um, and so I just want to let you know that I put together this free guide. It's called 20 Ways to Gather Yourself When It Feels Like Everything is Falling Apart. And this is a list of super simple, like one minute at most. You don't really need materials beyond your imagination and your attention. These are very simple techniques for soothing your nervous system and finding your center so that you can regain your energy and empower yourself and keep going through your life and this time without constantly fracturing or denying what's real for you or feeling subsumed by everything going on in the world today. And it's not about avoiding what's happening. It's really about learning how to be with it in better ways. So I hope you'll check that out if you are finding that you're having days where it really feels like everything is collapsing and that you are getting sort of drugged down in it, but you want to find some little ways to collect yourself, to find that center, and to keep going and sort of bear what is here right now in a good way. So the link to that guide is in the show notes or you can find it at awildnewwork.com slash gather. And if you're interested in joining me for my small group class, Living Into Purpose, which I mentioned earlier, you can do that. You can learn more at the link in the show notes or at awildnewwork.com slash living dash into dash purpose. Living Into Purpose is a five-week class where you will tune into and start living out your soul's purpose in profound ways. And if that resonates with you, if you feel hungry for that, I would love to have you. I hope that you feel even a teaspoon more joy after listening to this episode. May it grow within you. May you remember that your joy is not an afterthought. It is literally what animates you and it wants to grow and guide you in your life and in your journey. I will be back with you in two weeks. Take such good care and I'll see you on the other side.